Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I'm your host, Will McFadden, joined as always by former Falcons fullback Ovi Mahaley. Ovi, what's up, man? Not much, buddy. Doing good. It's been a great week. Um, I've gotten the chance to talk to some uh, Panthers people, and they are really not in a great place. (laughs) And it reminded me of just how good we actually kind of have it right now. Um, But it's not the fans that I'm worried about on Sunday. And for all of the the sadness and turmoil that they seem to be in, I'm going to just ask you right up front, how dangerous is this Panthers team walking into Mercedes-Benz Stadium on Sunday? Oh, they're a wounded animal, and we see this all the time. It seems like when, whenever we're the wounded animal, we don't seem to step up like I think we should. Uh, we squeak <laughs> by, but whenever we play teams with a wounded animal, sometimes it's like, oh, it's great. They have a loss. They're on a downslide. But no, like they're dangerous because they're not as rival-ish as the Saints, but the Panthers still in our division, they don't like us, we don't like them, and they will feel like, I don't care what year it is, I don't care how each team is doing, it's a semi-rivalry game and anything can happen. Their quarterbacks are terrible. (laughs) 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 Everyone gets benched, his backup, they want to bench him, they have nowhere else to go to, it's just a bad quarterback issue they have, which is good for us. But at the same time, they're going to find a way to throw their best shot at us, which I'm not comfortable with. So I, I'm, I'm happy and I'm excited that, you know, ugly as it may, we're winning. We're, we got, we're on a little streak. We're on a little run now. And the Panthers are struggling, but this game could uh, lead to anything. Yes, it, it really could. And I, I know a few Panthers fans who would actually say that the Falcons are their most hated uh, team in this division, which I find surprising. I think a lot of Falcons fans would find surprising, but I think it's exactly that mentality yeah. which infuriates Panthers fans because it's such a little brother complex. It's yep. that they, you know, the Saints and the Falcons are still number one, will always be number one, but yep. the Panthers just, they want to get that love. Um, yep. We will give them that love throughout this episode as we talk about the game. But first, let's hear from today's sponsor. We know you're listening to a football podcast, but basketball season is firing right back up and the Hawks are good now. Who, I mean, who's excited for that? So just wanted to take a second and let you guys all know that Bet Online has a new web interface for the start of the basketball season, along with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. I mean, what else do you want there? So check it out this basketball season, and who knows, maybe uh, make a few smart bets on the Hawks while you're at it. I think this could be a really fun year, guys. Trey Young could be the real deal here in Atlanta, and this is a really good young team. So just remember that BetOnline remains your number one spot for all of the basketball and football action this season. So head to the new updated desktop or mobile website, to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BLEAV50, that's B-L-E-A-V 50, to receive your welcome bonus. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. So remember, BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, so the Panthers were one of the early surprise stories of this season. Started out 3-0, and but in retrospect, 
probably should have looked at the schedule. Uh, they won in week one, a 1914 win against the New York Jets. Then they beat the Saints in week two. That's that's a decent win. And it looked really good at the time because the Saints had just shut down the Packers in week yep. one. So we were like, all right, Panthers are legit. For real. Week week three, they beat the Texans. Again, not a not a not a great win right there. Um, week four, they lose on the road against the Cowboys in a game that everybody was kind of looking at as a heat check between those two teams who were surprising. Lose that game, and they have not been able to recover since. They then dropped uh, a game at home against the Eagles, dropped another game at home against the Vikings, and then lost on the road this week, this past weekend, 3-25 to against the New York Giants, and Ooh. Sam Darnold was benched in that loss. Oh. So, I mean, where to even begin with this Panthers team coming in? I, I mean, how do you rebound when your quarterback gets benched? And we know he's coming back out to start in this game. Like, how do, what kind of confidence does that inspire? <laughs> not much. Uh, <laughs> I luckily have never been in that situation. Actually, I'll take it back. I have been in a situation. Uh, 2007, when the Falcons had our wonderful quarterback carousel with uh, Joey Harrington, Byron Leftwich, mm-hmm. Chris Revit, who actually is, you know, uh, uh, above average quarterback. Yeah. It was a very uncomfortable feeling knowing that I, the games where we went through, we, we would play three quarterbacks in one game. It was, it was such disarray in that season and we ended up landing on Chris Redman I think for the last couple of games of the season but Joey Harris yep. and Byron Leftwich were just slinging it and it was everyone's fault but theirs now Byron Leftwich has rebounded as an amazing coach won a Super Bowl he is that guy um, yeah. getting of his career was amazing but at the tail end of his career when he was with us we <laughs> were you know kind of whispering like our Byron hope they don't start Joey he, he just and, didn't care at that point yeah, I don't think he cared but the, the as an offense, we knew because we saw him in practice. We knew that it wasn't a all-out confidence that we had in him to make the plays, to get us in position, to be clutch, quote unquote. And they're starting to probably feel that about Sam Darnold. It could say, "Hey, mm-hmm. it's one bad game," but it's not been one bad game. It's been interceptions. I think he had like four touchdowns in four games. It's been a lot of interceptions, a lot of yep. bad mistakes, a lot of um, things that. You don't want your, I won't call him a franchise quarterback, but you don't want you know your quarterback, the leader of the team, to be doing. So they're in a, a rough position, and uh, we're in a great position uh, to to take advantage of that insecurity. Finally, they're going to have the here we go again. Yes, they will. But let me tell you, that's why I think that this is maybe the most important game of Arthur Smith's career so far. Yep. Is, is that? I'll, I'll explain why. So he kind of started this season with with lower expectations. I think everybody kind of understood where the Falcons at. Sure. Some people thought maybe the seventh seed in, in the wild card, which right now looks totally on the table. But everybody was in kind of wait and see mode. You lose the first two games of the season. All right, man, we, we better hunker down. This this could be a rougher ride than we thought ever since that moment, slowly but surely. They've just looked better. It's been kind of as they say, they're just stacking it. It's it's little, little by little, incremental. They're getting there, but slowly they crawled their way to three and three. And now it feels like a new season for this team. And it feels like a different team than the one that started the actual season. But they've been kind of hearing, I think, about that a little bit. There's a little bit of a buzz kind of creeping around the fan base. You talk to some people. They're like, hey, you know, Braves in the World yeah. Series. 
Falcons winning some yep. games. Yeah. What's up? Hawks, Hawks, Hawks are back. A, a, a game away, a couple games away from a championship. This yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's ripping. There's 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 like a little bit of a, a fire kind of kindling here in Atlanta. Arthur Smith needs to keep his players focused in the midst yep. of all of that. This is the first time that they are going to actually kind of be hearing from maybe some people saying, hey, man, can I get some tickets to Sunday's game? Hey, you know what? What's I mean, it's these little things. Now people want to yeah. come. They want to be a part of this. Uh-huh. And it's these little Damn distractions. Man. And for Arthur Smith to be the kind of we are focused on every week, making it our best week, stacking these good weeks, and they those lead to wins, I think this is his biggest first test um, to see what they can do when they come into a game with expectation. No, you're absolutely right. It's um, about being able to handle success. And mm-hmm. there are teams that are so starved for success. As soon as they get a little taste of it, it's, it's <laughs> over. It's over. You don't get back-to-back wins or, or, or a streak because they are so fragile when it comes to win, loss, loss, win. They don't have the discipline, the maturity, the, the veteran leadership to be able to hold the dang line. Like, don't change yeah. what you're doing. Don't you know, go to uh, Magic City, you know, to, to celebrate <laughs> every week of the uh, every day of the week lead up to the game. Don't let uh, your girlfriend and your girlfriends all come over to celebrate with you every day of the week, which guys did do. They, they, they party, they'd hang out, they you know, they drink, they smoke, they you know, do what the guys did back in the 70s and 80s. And you can't do that in 2021 got to be laser focused these guys are really good these games are very close and it's about the ones willing to sacrifice and to put in put in even more work after a win because it's just human nature after a loss oh i gotta study i gotta get ready i gotta you know go over my uh, my plays go over my notes i gotta ask the coach for extra uh you know study time i'll ask him more questions let's go out catch more balls yep. we lost we gotta win we gotta win but after a win Oh, yeah. All right. We're winning. We're doing it. And you don't have that incentive or that, that, or the players who don't succeed consistently don't have that inner drive, the inner fire to try and find a way to become better. The Falcons need to get off that, uh, we're great, boat because you, you, you're not. You, you, you got, you know, one young ho ku or ku ho young, however we want to say it. Young way ku. Young way ku. Uh, young way ku away from. <laughs> Uh, from winning and losing so yeah yeah i i hope that we can um do it the right way and start putting uh, some streaks together yes and i'm very curious to see especially with some of the younger guys on this team who have been around for a little while guys like calvin ridley and russell gage and isaiah oliver and some of these guys who have kind of experienced only losing since they've been here i'll be interested to see how they continue to play not isaiah oliver unfortunately he's out with injury but just some of the these younger guys on that Chris Lindstrom, Caleb McGarry, all of those guys. Let's yeah. see, can they now perform with expectation on their shoulders? But let's dive into some of the actual matchups and looking at the Panthers' offense versus Carolina's defense. They've obviously been night and day different since Christian McCaffrey has exited their uh, lineup, and obviously yep. they've gone on to lose every game without him. Even though Chuba <laughs> Hubbard has has not looked horrible at times, but he's not Christian McCaffrey. And one of the reasons I was bullish on Carolina this year to make some noise like they were early in the season was because I feel like Joe Brady probably came to Carolina to work specifically with Christian McCaffrey and probably built a lot of his offensive game plan around what Christian McCaffrey does really well. And he just unfortunately has not had him. But 
Hubbard's been okay. The real matchup to me is DJ Moore versus AJ Terrell. So let's start there because I think he is by far the scariest player on their offense to me. Yeah, no, he is. Um, but one of the things that I've been more confident with week after week is the play of AJ Terrell. In fact, mm-hmm. uh, AJ Terrell, um, you know, Pro Football Focus has him as one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, I, I really feel like he's not getting enough credit for how much better he's getting, you know, game after game. Now, we want him to, to get healthy, to stay healthy, and to be able to be on the field. When he's out there, he's shutting guys down. People are, are thinking twice before throwing AJ Terrell's way. And DJ Moore has been one of the few weapons Carolina's had, but still, I'll trust our, we'll get to this later, our very average pass rush to potentially take advantage of an offensive line that's been letting everybody get a sack. You get a sack. You oh, get yeah. a sack. You get a sack. Everybody get oh, this yeah. sack. But not the Falcons. But hopefully we'll change that. The Falcons need to take advantage of a bad offensive line that is starting to question their ability to protect their quarterback, whoever it is. Oh. And, and they should. I mean, they've given up the second most sacks in the league uh, so far this year. They've given up 24 sacks. Yo. The Falcons have played some offensive lines that have been not great so far, and they've yet to really yep. take advantage. I know Dante Feller's out, but come on, Dean Pease. You said you were going to blitz from everywhere. Yep. Let's see yep. it. The, Sam Darnold, literally, you could not. You went against Tua last week. The week after he was dangled in trade rumors throughout the league, you're now facing a quarterback who was benched last week. I mean, you couldn't be getting two <laughs> yeah. guys in probably worse mental states. Uh-huh. Let's throw some pressure at them, all right? Like, I, I get that they did a little bit more. I, they, to his credit, they did do a lot more of that against Miami, specifically with Deion Jones, who won NVC, NFC Defensive Player of the Week last week. So kudos to him. Um, but to go go back to DJ Moore for one second, because he, he is on pace to easily get 1,000 yards this season. And... I was thinking about him specifically with Calvin Ridley, and they're obviously linked um, because of the same draft class that they were in. DJ Moore, I think, went two picks ahead of of Calvin. But DJ, since he was drafted, has had to be in that number one wide receiver like role for this team. And now that we're seeing Calvin kind of struggle mm-hmm. to transition to that role, is it maybe better for for the Panthers that DJ Moore had to have those struggles early on? And now he's like a full-fledged number one, ready to take it to AJ Terrell in yeah. what should be an amazing matchup. And we're still kind of now seeing what Calvin's capabilities are. I mean, absolutely. Uh trial by fire is what all the top players now are going through. It. And, you know, Calvin had the luxury of having a, a true number one in Julio Jones that could take most of the, the attention away from him. Like, you know, the, the top coverage the top um you know cornerbacks uh, were all over Julio. He would get double teamed and that makes it a lot easier for you to kind of uh get your feet wet and get your footing uh solid. Now it's it's <laughs> it's over. They know that Calvin is really supposed to be our number 1 and they're laser focused on him. They're watching extra film to see uh him and his routes and his steps and his tendencies and now he has to prove to everyone including himself that he can be a true number one day in, day out, game in, game out. And uh, so far, he hasn't uh, stepped up to that plate. Calvin, I mean, um, uh, Kyle Pitts has stepped up to that plate the last couple of games more than him. And of course, yeah. he was, wasn't there one game. One game, he was coming back from dealing with some um, mental issues. Um, I, I still don't know if that's affecting him. Still don't know that those, uh, those thoughts are lingering. It 
you know, and I, I played with guys who dealt with mental stuff. We spoke about the last uh, uh, podcast. Um, they had to play through it and it doesn't mm-hmm. just go away. It's not like, uh, oh, I had, um, you know, some debilitating depression last game and this game. I'm absolutely fine. No, it's, it takes a while yeah. to get through that. So hopefully he can work through whatever's um, he's dealing with and really show us a number one wide receiver because this will be the game to do it. We, we have. Uh, a strong need to put together back to back to back games and show that we can win consistently, especially against teams we're supposed to beat. Yes, no, absolutely. And I mean, that's, that's again, that's what this team is. And the Falcons have been lucky to get a string of those, uh, but they've been taking advantage to their credit. And that's, that's why when everybody talks about tanking versus, uh, you know, just kind of going through a struggling season, you have to establish a winning culture at some point. And, Tanking to get the number one pick, all that does is send a yeah. message across the locker room that we care more about future players than the players here in this locker room. And the you have to give Arthur Smith and, and this organization all the credit in the world for they they're doing exactly what they told us they would do. Look, our our expectation is to just be competitive. We expect every single week to compete. They didn't say we expect to come out and crush teams. They didn't say we expect to come out and you know, trade away assets to get as many draft picks as possible because 2024, baby, like we're coming for the championship. (laughs) They didn't say any of that. They said, we understand where we're at. We're going to try to get better each week. Um, It's a long season and our expectation is to be competitive. And that's right where they are. So uh, I think that the, the defense has showed us the potential in the New York game. And I think that's when we, when you especially, I think really started to get excited because it was like, oh, the, the identity of this team could change yeah. a little bit. They haven't I'm- shown that yet again. Um, obviously, the Washington game was was not as bad as the final score looks because you had some uh, that special teams touchdown, obviously, and and there were some kind of weird fluke plays in that. But oh. the obviously the the Jets moved the ball well at times, and then last week the Dolphins. I mean, you the defense gave up that game for all intents and purposes. This offense has just been really, really bad so far this year, especially like we mentioned on the offensive line. Can what does the pass rush have to do to to affect Sam Darnold and make him make a lot of mistakes like he's been doing all season? Brady has been one of the uh, unspoken shining lights of our defense. um, And I need Grady to play like a superstar. Uh, I need Grady to get his uh, Vita Vea, his uh, Dominican Sue, his, his Aaron Donald. His, you know, just like we talk about being a number one, and Julio was that, and uh, Will Calvin really to be that. Brady is our number one on the defensive line. He's the guy who who has the Pro Bowl status. He's the guy who, you know, the, the big contract. He's the guy they put on the posters. We need him to not just to quietly make an impact, but to very loudly and violently make an impact <laughs> and to do some stuff that, you know, you're like, God dang, well, Aaron Donald's busting through there, and Vita Bay's busting through there. I know he's a smaller defensive lineman. But he's quick and he's agile and he is—he's uh, tough, he's gritty, and he can get it done against this offensive line. You know, we, we don't have Dante Fowler, we don't have you know, some of our other guys that um, um, we expect to get to the quarterback. Grady has to be mm-hmm. that guy, not only getting pressure because it—I mean, uh, I think DMP's mentioned uh, uh, Grady was the big reason that the interception occurred last uh, week yep. because he was yep. getting pressure on Tua. So Grady needs to do uh, some Pro Bowl type stuff. And I, you know, I've met him before, and I've had a chance to talk to Grady uh, several times. Uh, fellow Walter Payton Man of the Year, he can get it done. He just has to do it this game. 
Yeah, this would be a great time for uh, for Grady to take over, and he's certainly more than capable of doing that. But let's flip over to the offensive side of the ball for Atlanta. Uh, when we had Steve Weish on to talk about uh, during the bye week and just kind of previewing a little bit of the Dolphins game, he said that Miami had their own tight end eraser. I, I think it was Javon Holland, um, the safety. That didn't work against Kyle Pitts. Uh, <laughs> he had 163 yards, was plenty much there. Their eraser uh, yeah. was was not present. Uh, the Panthers don't have a quote-unquote tight end eraser. Uh, <laughs> how afraid should they be of Kyle Pitts? Oh, they should be afraid. And uh, I think how, something about no one. Uh, it's been a while since tight ends had back-to-back 100-yard games. It's been a, a, a long while. And uh, back-to-back-to-back 100-yard games is in Kyle Pitts' future. If you can do that against those two teams, you can definitely do it against this team. Uh, again, their, their defense is not one that's struggled with tight ends. And Kyle Pitts is and should be feeling himself. I, I, I remember way back in the day uh, going through a little uh, time machine when I realized that I was damn good because you, <laughs> you you can't, you know, feel yourself and, you know, smell your roses and, and be like, oh, I'm so great. You just can't read your newspaper clippings. But at a certain point internally, you, you have the uh, realization that I can hang with Boys. Not only can I hang yeah. with these boys, yeah. I can up and dominate these boys. I, I can go out <laughs> there and they should be afraid of me. I, I shouldn't be nervous and wringing my hands and I don't know if I can do this and I don't want to mess up. If I go out there, I play my best, they play their best, I'll beat them 100 out of 100 times. And I got to that realization in um my fourth year in Baltimore. You know, again, after playing with uh, Ray Lewis and the number one defense uh, in the league, uh, practicing with them, games were easy. And I was out there humiliating linebackers. And I didn't win any. I won the vast majority of, of the uh, battles. But uh, that's what so that's, that's where Kyle Pitts is. Kyle Pitts is yeah. realizing that, hey, yeah, I'm a rookie, but I can still bang with these boys. I can still run routes with these guys. I can still catch over them. I can still dunk on them. I can, you know, moss these cats. And that's got to be exciting for him. And I know he'll never say it. He'll never show it in an interview. But he, he he's he's smiling, you know, a little wry smile of, of excitement that here I come. Y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready for what I'm about to bring y'all. So I think Kyle Pitts should have a huge game. Man, I, I it's hard to even imagine, like, how high this ceiling for, could be oh, yeah. for this dude. It's, oh, the one-headed cat. You're totally right. Once you get that uh-huh. small little sense of confidence – which it's not to say he he shouldn't have had confidence coming in here, but but yeah, once you do it a couple of times and you're like, yeah, that was that was one sixty three, like yeah, that wasn't that hard, yeah. exactly. And then exactly. yeah, and then he and then it's like it's, it's like him. Superman realizing that like a bullet can't hurt him, and and you're just kind of like, oh no, I actually can do this. Let all right yeah. now let's let's see what I can actually do. It's, it's that yes. type of confidence. Um, yes. So. I mean, for we're going to say this every single week. We are. Sunday's going to be so much fun just to watch because of Kyle Pitts. Like, it's the it Kyle is. Pitts show for the rest of the season, win, lose, or draw. Uh, he's going to be so much fun to watch. Um, but another team that the Falcons' offensive line is facing that has a pretty good pass rush. Uh, I mean, it's not... They, they're up there, I think, um, near the top 10 uh, in terms of sacks this season. And they don't necessarily have a super duper individual guy. Although Brian Burns is in my opinion, an incredible pass rusher, 
But across the line, guys like Derek Brown uh, on the inside, uh, Yatur Gross Matos, who they drafted recently as well. Like it's a deep line. It's a pretty solid line across. Another big challenge for Atlanta's offensive line. How do you feel about the matchup? Uh, I feel good about the matchup because the the Falcons were able to play. I think it was Jets who had seven sacks the game before had zero against us. Mm-hmm. You know, and even when way back when we we watched Vita Bea destroy everyone he he touched uh, on prime time, <laughs> I was like, he's just going to use a lot. But every every play, basket sack, it's going to happen. Like uh, yeah. he had an uh, impact, but not the one I thought was going to happen. And we've been having mm-hmm. our young guys, our our young offensive linemen have been getting better quietly every single week to where Matt's not getting thrown around. Matt's not getting hit, hurried, sacked as much as other teams in the league. Like we're not the the bottom of the basement when it comes to offensive line production and protection, which is great. Uh, So I feel strong that our offensive line is going to hold the line and keep on doing what they've been doing the last couple of games. I think uh, you have to give Arthur Smith and offensive line coach Dwayne Ledford a lot of credit for what they've been able to yep. do with the offensive line because I, in kind of rewatching the games as I do, it is very apparent how much the offensive game plan is designed to really help the offensive line and protect some of those guys. I mean, when they had Jason Spriggs in that game last week, they did a lot to give him some help. And a lot of times you're going to see some tight yep. formations with the tight ends or the receivers in there close and it they're really doing a good job of supporting the offensive line and really I think they probably just wanted to not make it a weakness it's turning into a strength and that's awesome to see for this team but again another big test I mean if they do it again this week then we're really gonna have to sit here and start saying hey the Falcons might have a good offensive line and that's gonna be really fun to say but another huge test for Atlanta will be for the receivers I mean we know that the the Panthers lost J.C. Horn early in the season, traded for C.J. Henderson, traded for Stephon Gilmore. It looks like Stephon Gilmore could suit up for the first time um, in a Panthers uniform on Sunday against Atlanta. If that's the case, I mean, now all of a sudden you throw in Jeremy Chin at safety and just some of the depth they have at corner. This is going to be a tough matchup for uh, the likes of Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage. No, it, it definitely is, which is why our run game is going to be important. We're, we're going to get to that later. But for uh, Russell Gage and Calvin Ridley, like you saw Russell Gage get behind the whole defense and catching you know, bombs from Matt Ryan last week. That's not going to happen as much, or if at all, because this defense is a little more disciplined. They have guys who are veteran, more veteran or are act veteran, even if they may not be have the, the years in the league. They, they play like they've been around for a, a long time. So... I don't think that we're going to have the wide open plays we've had before. I still feel like they're going to struggle with um, Kyle Pitts' physicality. Uh, but with uh, Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, and Kyle Pitts going out there and giving their best, I still feel like we should come out on top. But it's not going to be as easy as it was last week. I thought it was easy last week. Again, we, <laughs> we had to struggle <laughs> and claw to get that last second win. We did it. Yeah. But uh, I, I still feel like we're the better team on every side of the ball including special teams. We're, we're the better team um, with, with almost every matchup. We're the, the better side with almost every matchup. So I just want to see what we do again, because we were that last week too, when we're faced with a team we're supposed to beat. And we're faced um, as wide receivers with a defensive backfield and linebackers that we're supposed to win uh, uh, plays against. 
we should win these one on ones. Take it back to seven on seven. You know, we we have guys with um, better footwork. We have guys that can get out of their breaks. We have guys who have better hands. We have guys who will fight for the ball. I think more than they will uh, knock it out. Yeah, I mean that's it's well said, but uh, I just can't get past the fact that it's You're not there. again like uh, the Panthers statistically are top five in a lot of key areas. Defense. I mean they they're third in they yards didn't show allowed. It the last couple games against the Giants, they they didn't show it. I mean, but they if you but uh, if you watch that game, they really did for the first like three quarters. It really kind of seemed like once the offense just couldn't do anything like they the the offense would put together some decent drives and then just turn the ball over at like the 10 i kind of feel like as a defender if once the dam breaks for the at the beginning of the fourth quarter you're kind of like i've done everything i could do like you guys at some point got to do something goes down like we've held them to five points exactly so i i think that the i think the unit plays better than kind of their because their reputation got Tossed in the mud, I think, a little bit once they started losing because they were like the best defense in football through the first three weeks and everybody wanted to poke holes. I don't think they're the best defense in football, but I think they're a, a top 10 defense uh, when all is said and done. So it's just another good test for Atlanta's offense. And I've been frankly trying to figure out like, what does Atlanta's offense do well? <laughs> and I, I, because they, they'll have some drives where they'll, they'll extend it, they'll go down the field, it'll be an eight, 10 play drive. And, and they'll punch it in and it could be like a 22 yard run by Corderell Patterson or a, you know, an eight yard pass to Calvin Ridley. And, and they'll do that. And then they kind of like punt the ball twice and then maybe turn it over and then score two touchdowns and then get a field goal and then punt three more times. It's like they're so um, disjointed and I want to see them have a truly like fluid game um, and even drive to drive. It seems like they'll go just three plays each play and then the next drive it's 12 plays. 17 plays, five plays, 12 plays, and it's like just wide open. So that's what I'm really looking forward to um, in this game against what I think is going to be a good defense. Um, But we haven't even, we've talked about Carolina coming down and Atlanta kind of being on the rise. What we haven't even talked about is kind of the most important part of this game. Ovi, it's a rivalry game. It's the NFC South. It's a division matchup. Um, in, In the locker room this week, can you just take us behind like, what how different does it feel inside of a team building during a uh, division game? I know coaches prize it a lot more, um, but as players, like, do you actually get up more for a game like this? Does it even matter? I mean, what's it like? Yeah, we say we don't. We got to tell the media it's just another game. It's going to prepare like this as you do any other game. And you, you kind of do. You have to you know, bring some consistency to your preparation and to your practice and to your whole schedule. But... The intangibles about how you put us a little bit extra, like I, I, the linebackers and the fullbacks are allowed to hit a little bit harder. Back when I was uh, playing with the Falcons, you know, me and Sean Witherspoon or Lawrence Sidbury, actually, he was playing uh, uh, the scout team for defense. Me and Lawrence Sidbury, and Sid, Sid had he had some talent. Uh, he didn't get as much uh, many looks as he, as he could. Um, I saw him uh, a couple months ago. Good guy, but we used to bang. I said, "Hey, Sid." Buck up your chin strap. I'm coming. I'm coming today because I, I want to, you know, really get the uh, the feeling of the the thud, the fit, the drive, roll my hips. And and because usually, you know, I, I go against, you know, Sean Witherspoon, some other guys or, or Sid. I'm like, all right, don't hit me too hard. I don't want to, you know, give my all during practice and, and hurt myself. But for games <laughs> that are in the division, I want to make sure that I'm ready to go, that I am 
you know, lathered up and, and ready to practice how I play, which is going to be hard. Everybody does that, though. We, we all have a, a little extra something that we kind of display or the good team. We don't wait for the game. It's going to happen in the game. But during practice, we make practice a little more intense. We spend a little extra time in the film room. And because we're going to see this team twice a year and they're in the mm-hmm. division, that, that means a lot. And um, we want to get it right the first time. And we have lots, of, you know, twice as much film to look at from last year, especially the guys who uh, played uh, on that team last year. So it's just rivalry games or division games are, are different and special because they matter more if you are trying to win that division. Now, for us, uh, Tampa Bay is kind of taking, you know, that dream away but still <laughs> the fact that yeah if we beat them the first time we can put ourselves in a wild card position is very important they're going to same division obviously same conference and we want to win these games because they will allow us to potentially sneak into a playoff uh spot yeah and you could potentially you know really kick carolina even further down into their tailspin and and their season could really get out of whack and yeah you want to leave an impression that's going to linger until the second matchup uh totally and that's their chance oh, yeah. to do this. Um, all right, so and rapid fire here. You want the Saints to see what we're doing too. Yes, yes, you do. I was going to say, we'll talk a lot about rivalry next week. I'm sure you got some stories. Yeah. I can't wait. Uh, oh, my God. All right, so um, real quick, before we get out of here, let's, let's just rattle them off. Who needs to have a big game on Sunday for Atlanta to win? Uh, I mentioned him before. Uh, I'm saying Grady Jarrett. Uh, and it's just because, again, the offensive line is – ripe and ready for somebody to ravage them that's a lot of alliteration um but they're they're ready for somebody to to really take over and uh, take advantage of them and their quarterbacks like we didn't take advantage of 2020 a mental instability (laughs) with them shipping him out which they probably will still do before the trade deadline uh these guys have been benched like from the starting quarterback to the back of quarterback they've been terrible I really feel like we got to have somebody just sack him and sack him and sack him some more. Grady Jarrett's the guy I think has to step up and do that. All right. I'm going on the exact opposite side of the ball. Uh, yeah, of course, we could say Matt Ryan. We could say Kyle Pitts. That's no fun. Yeah. We're going to talk yeah. about guys on the line of scrimmage, the guys that everybody cares about. I'm going to say Matt Hennessy. Um, not only I think I, – I don't know if he is in charge of calling the um, protections. I know that was one of Alex Mack's responsibilities. I don't know yeah. if they pass that along to Matt Hennessy, but even if he's not, he's going to be seeing Derek Brown all day long. And I know that Matt Hennessy and uh, or Matt Hennessy uh, and Chris Lindstrom, especially, were both kind of drafted to be the moving, agile type of of guards. They're smaller. I mean, Derek Brown's a big dude, but oh, yeah. whichever side he's on, Matt Hennessy is going to be going up against him all day long, and then he's got to be able to call out these stunts and switches and crosses and loops and everything that Carolina's defense line on top of the blitzes that they'd love to throw out there. So Matt Hennessy needs to have his head on a swivel, keep Matt Ryan upright, um, and I think Atlanta will have no problem uh, moving the ball on offense if that happens. Uh, but outside of that, all right, who's your X factor in this Ooh, game? Either, either team. Oh, either team? Oh, then it's going to be Sam Darnold. Uh, Sam Darnold's the X factor because it, the way that he played the first couple games made us feel like they were a playoff contender they were going to challenge tampa bay for uh for the top team in the division and they fell off but all the way off and and mentally i've had games where i fumbled i've had games where i've messed up and i had to doubt myself i I haven't 
Actually, no, I take it back. I have had a game where I've been benched. I, I, I fumbled, and they, I was ready to go back in, put my helmet on. I was like, nah, you're, we're, we're doing one back. We're not even doing two backs anymore. We're not even using the full back because we can't trust you. It, it, that thing hurt me. When I was getting benched, and I was embarrassed. I wanted to hide because, like, hey, Ovi, it's I formation. Why aren't you in? They put a tight end in there rather than me because they just didn't trust me. And they don't trust Sam Darnold. And he's had to live with that all week long. He's had to watch that film. He's had to hear whispers in his media fans talking about, you got bench, you got bench bench. Like you, they already <laughs> shipped you out of, of New York. The Jets didn't yeah. want you. Now, maybe the Panthers don't want you. You're not good enough. You're not, that will eat away at somebody slowly. And you'll try to put on a strong face, but it, it probably still bothers him. And if he has oh, one mistake, it's going to go downhill. It's going to snowball. So Sam Donald's X factor. If he, um, you know, either way, if he if he gets that confidence and starts playing like he did the first three games, it's going to trouble for us. But if we are able to get him to doubt himself even a little bit, then we've won the game because his backup is not doing anything. <laughs> no, he's not. But I mean, Atlanta let Tua kind of get some confidence going in that last game through four he touchdowns. Did. But uh. I my X factor it's it's my favorite matchup of this game but it's going to be AJ Terrell because even if Sam Darnold is able to kind of have any type of confidence going internally externally whatever if DJ Moore can't win his matchup against AJ Terrell I really don't know what like what options does Sam Darnold have uh, Chuba Hubbard yeah. Robbie Anderson hasn't looked great like Ian Thomas is fine but it, DJ Moore has been their biggest threat by far this season and. Like you said, AJ Terrell, he's PFF tweeted this out. Uh, the only corner not to allow a single reception in man coverage among all NFL quarterback cornerbacks who have played 50 snaps this season. I mean, I the dude that. is playing yeah. so well right That's now. Amazing, and this is another this is another primetime matchup between two guys who know each other well. So I'm really excited to see um what happens. All right, Ovi, final prediction time. What do you think this game will be? Ooh, I can't wait. Um, looking for us to get over 500 for the first time in a long time. Uh, I say it's going to be a 28-14 win for the Falcons. All right. I, I'm going to zag for the first time this season because I think the Panthers come in desperate and I think the Falcons are a little bit sloppy. Lose? I'm going to say 26-24 oh, oh no! Carolina in this game. Really? I don't want it to happen. I don't want it to happen, but I don't oh. know. Just something doesn't sit right with me about this. This is the first time you've ever not picked the Falcons this year. I got to go with my gut, man. I, I've I've True. been excited all week, but I just think something's going to go weird in this game. I no, hope I it doesn't. We, we didn't pick the Falcons against the Tampa Bay. No, you're, I, Neither of us picked the Falcons versus Tampa Bay. We knew that wasn't going to happen. But no, the rest yeah, of the yeah, games yeah. have been winnable this season. Um yeah, this is man. my first time out on a limb. Yeah, yes. I, I don't know how I feel about that, but I appreciate you trusting your gut <laughs> and being honest with the fans. That that's 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 good. It's commendable. But I feel like we're we're, we're going to have Matt Ryan have a hell of a conversation with our, t- our with the team and tell them that make them will them to win this game because it's very winnable. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that can really happen, and I hope it does. Um, but I guess we'll have a lot to talk about on Sunday afternoon uh, when we find out the result. Either you'll be right or I'll be right. And uh, this will be the first time we get to brag about it. Yeah, um, or in my treat. case, I'm trick not going to brag treat. about it. But <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. Well, today's podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not bragging about it. 
Um, all right. Today's, today's podcast was uh, brought to you by Bet Online. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Please let everybody know, like, subscribe, um, and we will be back on Sunday afternoon to recap the game. Hopefully it's a Falcons win, despite my prediction. Um, I do hope that the Falcons win. We'll see. They could be, like Ovi said, on the plus side of 500 for the first time. And man, how exciting would that be? But until then, everybody, take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.